0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 16th chapter.
1: Glory, Glory to you, O Lord.
0: When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Thank you the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you,
1: O Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. After last night, I don't know if I should preach a sermon or show the overtime of the Final Four game. Did anyone see that by any chance? I have to say it's a little cruel and an unusual punishment for a pastor whose son went to one of those schools to have to stay up late on the night before Easter Sunday morning to see how it ends. Those of you who are UCLA fans, I wish both teams could have won but I am glad that Gonzaga pulled it out. (laughs) Another fan, okay. On this Easter, I want to talk to you about expectations. And I want to start with a story uh, about a jazz pianist named Keith Jarrett. Uh, Maybe some of you know this story. Uh, Keith Jarrett, he's still alive, he was born in 1945. He became well-known working with some jazz greats like Art Blakey and, most importantly, most significantly, Miles Davis. In the 1970s, uh, Jarrett went around the world giving uh, solo concerts, though, which were entirely and completely improvised. One of those concerts happened on January twenty-fourth, 1975, in the city of Cologne in Germany. Like, Jared had been traveling around Europe. Uh, He'd actually just come from uh, Stockholm, I believe. No, that's not right. Zurich is where he came from. And he got to Cologne late in the afternoon, on the day of the concert, and he went to the Cologne Opera House, which was where the concert was, a big, you know, space. Uh, 1,400 people had bought tickets for that event. And he had asked that a particular piano be provided, uh, you know, because of the space and because he was doing this solo. He wanted to fill the space. So he'd asked for a Bosendorfer um, Imperial Grand 290. 290 means the number of centimeters, and that's, I believe, about 9 feet 6 inches. If I'm not mistaken, it is the largest piano you can buy today, to this day. And there had been some kind of misunderstanding or mix-up, and so instead of the Bosendorf for 290 Imperial Grand, there was a baby grand. And making matters worse, it was the baby grand that was used for the opera rehearsals. And so it was in a terrible state of disrepair. I'm not making this up. Some of the keys stuck. It was out of tune. The upper register was tinny. The lower register lacked any depth. And to make matters even worse, the pedals didn't work. So Jarrett gets there. I mean, the concert's going to be in a few hours. And he says, well, this is not going to work for me. Uh, clearly, we need to get another piano. And the organizers sort of talked amongst themselves. And they came back to him and said, we're well, sorry, Mr. Jarrett, but there's no possible way we could get a different instrument. We can bring in a technician to try to fix it, uh, you know, to tune it up, to do what repairs he can in a few hours. But uh, this is the piano you're going to have to work with. At which point he said, then I can't do the concert. It simply will not work. At which point, again, you can look all this up, the organizer of the concert, she was a young woman just beginning her production career, Vera Brandis is her name, she was 17 years old, if you can believe it, went to Mr. Jair and said, sir, please, I cannot get up and stand in front of 1400 people and tell them that you're not doing this concert. And by the way, don't forget, that we agreed to have this concert recorded, Uh, so would you please, please go ahead with it? At which point he did, with, I will suggest, a very different set of expectations, right? He came to the city of Cologne as a professional pianist, expecting that the piano that he asked would be there would be there. Barring that, he expected that a piano would work and be in tune, and I don't know, would have keys that didn't stick, and pedals that functioned. None of that had happened. So his expectations shifted to, all right, I'll do the concert, but this is going to be a disaster. Which is why it was so surprising that far from a disaster, some of you again may know this story, what happened is that recording that was recorded on January 24, 1975 became the best-selling piano album of all time and the best-selling solo jazz album of all time to this day. Something frustrating, disappointing, terrible turned into something beautiful and unexpected. 2,000 years ago, there were some people who had a very clear expectation about someone that they knew and loved. His name was Jesus. We celebrated that expectation last week at Palm Sunday. These followers had come to Jerusalem fully expecting that this man, this Jesus, their leader, their rabbi, their teacher would show his true colors, finally, as the Messiah, as the anointed one, the one who had come to relieve them from the oppression of the Roman people, to free them, to give them back their lives. But of course then things went horribly and terribly wrong. In the next few days, the authorities came and they found him off in the quiet, away from the crowds so there wouldn't be a riot. They arrested him They put together, in an incredible hurry, uh, a trial that was a mockery of justice, and then they convinced the Romans to execute him. And before anyone knew what had happened, this Jesus, who they knew and loved, was dead. And his followers' expectations shifted from hope, excitement, anticipation, to despair. Well, here's another failure. Here's another thing that didn't work for us. Here's another way that we're going to have to continue to live under the oppression of these terrible people. And then these strange rumors started circulating that some of his followers, some women, had gone to the tomb that first day, Sunday morning, to complete the work of anointing his body, which they couldn't finish on Friday night because the sun went down and then it was the Sabbath. So they arrived early on Sunday morning to do that. And to their shock and dismay and horror, and we all know the story, they found that the stone had been rolled away, And worse still, they found that there was no body in the tomb. And then there were some strange messengers in there telling them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. At which point, it's not that those events exceeded the expectations of the disciples and followers of Jesus. They blew those expectations up entirely. They erased the expectations. They forced them to start rewriting the expectations because this miracle, this mystery of the resurrection was what? Totally and completely unexpected. I don't know about for you, but I'll speak for myself. Another thing that was totally unexpected was guess what? last year 2020 can I get an amen to that (laughs) can any of you put yourself in the headspace of last January or February and think about the expectations you had for 2020 I confess I find it all but impossible for me to do that and then uh, March rolled around and our expectations all of our expectations did what they shifted We weren't quite sure what we were getting into, but in the first global pandemic in our lifetime, in a century, and we pray the first and last one for a very long time, we knew, we expected that it might be bad, that there would be pain and death and economic uncertainty and isolation and all the rest, all of which happened and all of which we will be recovering from for a very long time. And we grieve those losses. But, and I want to be very careful about how I say this, I do not believe we come here to worship a God who intends harm, or tragedy, or pain. But we do worship a God who we believe can turn tragedy and pain into something good. And beautiful. And I will tell you one of the things that I did not expect in March of 2020, and I'll speak only for this place, a place which exists to continue the legacy, to continue the mission, to continue the ministry of the one whose resurrection we celebrate today. I would not have expected the ways that God would use this past year to expand and extend that mission. I would not have expected that in 2020 we would have had more people worship with us than we did in 2019, but that happened. I would not have expected uh, that we would have people join us in our ministries from all 50 states in the country and around the world, but that happened. I would not have expected, thanks to your generosity, that we were able to give away to those in need more by a significant amount in 2020 than we did in 2019, but that happened. Which is a reminder that perhaps today of all days is a day for us to reflect on our expectations of reality and to recognize that we are invited to reset them, to recalibrate them. 2,000 years ago, the resurrection sent a shock wave through the first followers of Jesus, and we are still Absorbing that shock wave to this day, which does not mean for a moment that we can fully understand it, right? Or make sense of it or get our heads around it. But if it means anything, if the resurrection means anything at all, it means things like where we see limitations, God sees promise. Where we see dead ends, God sees new beginnings. Where we see destruction and despair, God sees hope. And where we see only death, God sees resurrection and eternal life. My friends, I would not begin, I would not begin to presume after all of the events of last year to give you any kind of sense of my expectations for the next 12 months and beyond. But I can promise you this. God's dreams and God's vision for us are greater than anything that we can imagine. And maybe the best thing we can do this Easter is set aside our expectations so that we can follow God into a bright and hope-filled future that I promise you Will be totally unexpected. Hallelujah. Christ is risen.